0: Late last night, I called him saying, hey, Pastor John, looks like you may have to preach this morning, because I am still stuck in Port-au-Prince, and uh, our flight has been delayed, doesn't look like we'll get back until 5 Um, (laughs) a.m., and says, oh, okay, well, that wasn't exactly the plan, but praise be to God, we just arrived, literally, um, about 40 minutes ago, (laughs) and Drove right in and came right to church. So um, I need your prayers, Church. Okay? I need your prayers for strength for preaching, and I also need y'all to talk back to me, okay? So that one, it's not just about keeping y'all awake, but keeping me awake, um, making sure that we are all still on the same page. All right, is that a deal, Church? Deal. Amen. Amen. All right, let us pray quickly. Father Lord, we bless Your name this morning. We thank You for your goodness and for your faithfulness. We bless you for the opportunity to gather at your foot and to hear from you. Oh, Lord, speak unto us, oh God, and that you would uh, um, divine the sweet mysteries of your heart, oh Lord, and teach us today how to pray and how to depend upon Mm. you evermore. Mm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So you've already heard it read to your hearing. We are in Luke chapter 11. So if you have your copy of God's Word, open your scripture again to Luke chapter 11. So in one sense, church, it's hard to convey the customs and traditions of the ancient world in our text this morning, it's difficult for us to see outside of our American Western lenses. Because you and I live in a world that's highly individualistic, right? It prizes the individual achievements of one to the exclusion of the community. But in the world of our text, life was lived in community. Mm The need of the neighbor became the need of the village. Mm -hmm. The treatment of the foreigner became the burden of the community. Mm -hmm. You and I, we turn beggars down all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And we do it untethered from the web of mutuality. But in the world of our text, that was not the case. And there was no air-conditioned cars or trains, no Delta Airlines or Mm -hmm. JetBlue. And when you wanted to travel in the world of this sex, you had to do it at least by foot. And how do you do that in the heat of the day? Well, you don't. You bore the coolness of the night. And this, perhaps, church, is why a friend arrives at midnight. And it was beyond impolite for the friend to arrive at your home to greet you, and you had no food to give them. Mm Now, before there was any 24-hour Walmart and the wealth and supply of enough food past the day, people begged their bread on a daily basis, right? And that is to say, as we hear the echo of Jesus' prayer earlier in the text, give us this day our daily bread. And so we see that peasants in Luke 11 had little resources. They had just enough to make it day by day. They understood their daily dependence upon God's provision. Now, this friend, of course, was caught at midnight with no food to give his guest. Apparently, he and his family had eaten all they had. And now there was nothing for the friend who showed up unexpectedly in the middle of the night. What is he to do? Does he tell his friend, wait till the morning till I can get down to the market down the road? no not not in this culture because we can tell from the nature of hospitality that in this context it was the highest of virtue and we also know that this guy wasn't just asking for bread we know that from verse 8 in the verbiage there you see bread was only part of a meal that was constitutive of other parts. yeah. If you remember, it was bread that you almost dipped, fondue style. You dipped it in the stew or the oil, or maybe if you didn't have enough, you maybe sprinkled some salt on it. Some of y'all looking at me like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe you need to eat somewhere other than Chick-fil-A. I know I know it is the Lord's chicken, but my son tells me that the Lord also blessed pasta and pizza. Okay. And so we see here that this man does not have enough. He has already barricaded the doors. And you see in that ancient context, they all uh, slept together in the same room. And we see, of course, that this sleepy neighbor teaches us a lesson about the goodness of God in prayer. And also this begging friend betrays a picture of our humanity and our humility in prayer. That's right. In this, in this parable, we get the confident assurance that God answers our prayers. And this is good news this morning. And I can tell for some of y'all, you all you ain't registered it as good news yet because you haven't prayed all week. Come on. But for those of you who need God and who go before him in constant petition, by the way, that is all of us. This text is good news. It's good news because most of us trust our own selves to enter our own prayers. Mm-hmm. We ask God, but we really think it's on us to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we don't trust the goodness of God enough to be fully dependent upon him in prayer. We, we try to make life happen at our own expense when we forget that God has the abounding supply for every need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you lose sight of God's abundance, fear will take over your life. Mm -hmm. When you forget that God is more than enough, you start to get jealous of what you don't have and look at what others have. But when you are confident that God has enough to meet your very need, you lose every bit of fear and you start to live in security. In other words, I might not have it now, but just because I ain't got it doesn't mean God doesn't have it for me. Amen. So when Luke 11 starts out, Jesus' disciples are after him on the subject of prayer. So the Lord teaches them to pray, right? And we, we, we know how this works. We, we see uh, how the Lord prays. We see the, ro- the results of his prayer life. And by the way, if Jesus had to pray, y'all, if the Son of God, very God, very God, had to fall on his knees. There you go. If he didn't move on his own mind but waited until the Father spoke to him. If Jesus had to pray, what makes you think you're going to get through life and you ain't praying?
1: That's right. right.
0: And so his disciples say to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And so Jesus does what they ask. He teaches them how to pray. And this this is how you do it. Y'all repeat after me Our Father,
1: who who art 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 in heaven,
0: heaven, heaven. hallowed be be your name. name. Your Your kingdom kingdom come, come. your Your will will be done. done. On earth, as it is in heaven, heaven. give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. See, get your priorities right in prayer. Square away your petitions and prayer. Know that the Almighty Provision of God is available to you in prayer. Mm-hmm. And prayer is more important than that, even. It is a necessary means for survival. Mm-hmm. But, but none of that is an issue in this, in this parable before us. The issue in this parable is this: What does God want us to think about Him when we pray? Yeah. You see, I find this really intriguing, Pastor John, that if, 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 because of what you think about God will either motivate you mm. to pray or keep you from praying. Yeah, right. If you think that the will of God is meant to destroy all the joy in your life, like somehow or other, if you invite the will of God into your life, all the fun is going to go away. It's all going to be doom and gloom. Then, of course, you'll never pray. Mm. But the converse is true. If you believe that God does nothing but good for you, If he has more for you than you ask of him. If his expected end for your life is far better than where you are right now. Of course you will be eager to pray. And so we see here. Though why Jesus tells the parable about the sleepy neighbor. But instead of that I know I know many of us many of us how we treat prayer. I know why many of us don't pray. And many of us don't pray for the same reason I don't listen to the flight attendants give the emergency instructions at the beginning of every flight. So I, 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 I was on a plane, I think on my count now about eight times the last two weeks dozens of times before then. So I, I know, I know the, the spiel and everything that they give, you know. Uh, I, 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 can, I I can stand up, open the card, point to the exits, you know, I I, I can tell them if the cabin should lose air pressure, oxygen mask will drop down, secure yours on first, and if you have children with you, pick the one with the most potential, so secure <laughs> next, you know, and I, I done heard this so much. Especially these last couple of weeks, I don't even pay attention to it anymore, right? I'm just on my phone. The phone ain't even supposed to be on, right? I'm just on my phone flipping through updates, my news feed, my, the match scores, whatever. I'm just doing what I'm doing because guess what? I'm just glad that the oxygen masks are there if... I need them. Mm. I don't really want them to come out, but in case I need them, I'm glad that they're there. Uh See, that's how many of us treat prayer. Mm -hmm. If there's an emergency, I'm glad that it's there. I can break the glass box and pray. But (laughs) prayer is not the oxygen mask in the emergency. Prayer is the oxygen itself in everyday living. Jesus says, listen, you can pray constantly, when you understand something about the character of God, Mm -hmm. which enables your prayer life to be effective. Mm -hmm. And and friends, this is what I love about parables because parables always surprise us. Mm -hmm. If you think you know where the parable is going, be careful because you probably don't. And this one has a surprise in it too, right? Jesus has a way of showing us heavenly truth and insight by by throwing stories on the sides of our problems. Mm -hmm. And here's the story with a surprising twist, a surprising end. A, a friend comes at midnight. Hey man, you got something for me to eat? And then the friend knocks, goes to the neighbor. Hey friend, neighbor, do you have something to feed my guests? Hey friend, can you help me out? And of course, the neighbor says, no, go away, man. My kids are asleep in bed with me. The door is shut, everything's put up, please go. Now, anybody who's got kids, you can kind of appreciate what's going on here, right? Because the 11th commandment of a home with kids is, Thou shalt not wake sleeping children. And so he's telling his neighbor this, Hey, man, I can't, I can't get up to help you right now. And in this parable, Jesus asked which one of us would ignore this friend. Because whereas you and I would say, Exactly what this neighbor said wait till the morning I'll get back with you okay I ain't got time for you in this culture nobody could imagine waiting till the morning to help a neighbor in need mm-hmm. in this culture hospitality was the highest mm-hmm. of virtue and Jesus is asking the unthinkable how many of you would do something like this reject this neighbor's plea for help not me Jesus not, not, not me And in in telling this story, Jesus elevates our confidence in God when we pray because he's trying to make a point that not only does God enter the door, he outdoes our generosity and our hospitality.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I've got two things. I'll be in my seat. First is that the confident assurance you and I can have when we pray. The second is the nature of God when we pray. Mm. The first is predicated on the second because the grounds of assurance that God answers prayers is the very character and nature of God. In other words, what God does is because of who God is. This text says something to us right at the outset about the nature of God as it relates to our praying. There is something about God that ought to give you confidence when you pray. Here it is. The implication is clear. God is not like men, mm. even the best of men. Yeah. This is not a parable of comparison. It is one of contrast. Yeah. So l- let's say your cousin calls you and say, hey, cuz, I need five grand. Wow. And you say, well, sounds like you're up a creek without a paddle. <laughs> <laughs> and your cousin replies, cuz, I don't think you understand. If I don't get this money, they're going to kill me you say, oh man, it's like that. it going to kill you? <laughs> now you know you got it. <laughs> and you're not readily admitting that you got it. You're trying to figure out a way how to keep it without your cousin getting shot. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't expect this. It, it's rude of them. It's insensitive of them to put you in this position, to put this burden on you. And then you said to yourself, you could have called for help, why'd you call me? (laughs) I'm the responsible one in the family. But you could have been saving money too, right? So here you are trying to think of a way how to get out of it. But then you hear a voice in your head saying, "Hmm, man, how am I going to explain this to Uncle Bobby? That so-and-so killed their son over money that I could have given up. Mm -hmm. So even though your cousin is a jerk, And impetuous and downright helpless You decide, you know what, fine To save your life, I'm going to give you the money Now, can you all feel the tension in the text? Because this is where we meet Jesus Because the parables say something about God in this way The neighbor who gets up to help the friend in need Is not a mirror image of God But this neighbor is the antithesis of God You've got to have a lot of nerve To wake up and inconvenience your neighbor or your cousin Mm -hmm. But being human Will force you into situations Where you need to get help And you'll go to wherever you need To get that help Mm -hmm. And this is where the contrast comes in God is not like your sleeping neighbor Or your miserly cousin Mm -hmm. He's not unwilling to help you Mm -hmm. But when you come God wants to help you Mm -hmm. Let me push in a little bit further How do I know that God is unlike the neighbor here Because the neighbor is asleep Mm -hmm. God neither Sleeps No slumber The neighbor says I don't want to wake my children To inconvenience them So that I can help you God's got so much He ain't got to inconvenience you In order to bless me Mm. God ain't got to take nothing from you To act to me Mm. The neighbor's door is closed, but God's door is never closed. Mm. This line, as the old saint says, used to sing, it is never busy. Mm. There is this hesitation, this unwillingness to help his neighbor. But with God, there is an eager willingness Mm. to help. You see, the original hearers of this problem would have thought to themselves, when you go to this kind of neighbor, everything is against you. It's night, they're asleep, the doors are locked. The children are asleep He doesn't even like you like that And yet he's going to get up And give you even more than you asked for Because this neighbor feels Some kind of obligation to hospitality And integrity But God is so much Better than that Because when you go to God in prayer Everything else may be against you But God is for you What shall we say to these things For if God is for us Who can be against us? God is on our side. And God is so good that he loves to meet your needs right where you are. But you you can't be so full of yourself, so so stuck on your own ability that you can't stand at the door and keep asking for what you need. That's right. Some of y'all here, you're so cute, you're so so educated, (laughs) so so well off, you got enough money in the bank, you ain't got to fall on your knees and pray. Mm. Well, listen to me, friends, you need God so much that he's got to give charge over his angels to help you get down North Monroe. (laughs) Some of us need to learn how to fall on our knees and beg God because you need him more today than you did yesterday. And see now the, the issue, the issue with this requesting neighbor in our text. He's not too proud to Mm beg. The text says in verse eight, I tell you, even though he will not get up yet, because my version says because of his shameless boldness, Mm. he will get up and give him as much as he needs. There there seems to me a problem in the text, though. I I don't know if you all see it. it. It almost makes it seem as though like the loudest the most annoying of us can get farther with God but that can't be the implication of the text can it? There, there, there's, there's a side of this that, that is true, That is, you and I need to learn to be shameless in our prayer but there, 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 there's a, this kind of shameless, a kind of greediness I, I don't care what people think about me, what others may say I need what I need so bad, I'm going to keep on asking until it tells me one way or the other, and I don't know if any of y'all have ever been there, yeah. when you had to call on the name of God, and mm-hmm. beg God for something you can't live without, yeah. anybody here ever have to beg God standing yep. there begging please yep. please help me give me what I need Jesus Lord help me with this child mm. Lord I can't get mm. through to my husband yep. give me his heart Lord anybody ever been like Jacob mm. you held on to God mm. you held on for dear life mm. you've been struggling all night and all day mm and all year but you refuse to let go of his unchanging hands yeah. because where else can you go who else can you turn to right. no one else has the words of eternal life no one else can give you peace unending bringing calm in the middle <laughs> of your storm right. joy in the midst of your pain no one else can save you for there is no other under heaven by which men may be saved mm. and so you cry without ceasing. Jesus mm. son of David have mercy on me Amen. you hold on saying I will not let go Amen. I cannot let go Amen. until you bless me Amen. anybody ever been there Yes. yes. Mm. crying out to the Lord but what the, the problem is many of us give up too easily in the place of prayer I read a story recently of a woman who left her diamond brooch in a hotel, right? And she got home, she realized that she had forgotten the brooch, she had lost it, she didn't have it, so she frantically called the hotel and alerted the manager, right? She described the brooch in all detail and color. She'd been told the manager where in the hotel room the brooch was. And he said, hold on, hold on right there. And and she was nervous, she was afraid that something happened to the brooch in the interim where she went from the hotel to get home, right? But the manager tells her to wait and she waits, and she waits, and he goes, and he goes. He finally locates the brooch, right? He locks it away in a safe in his office, and he gets back to the phone to tell her the good news that he found it, only to discover that she had hung up. Mm-hmm. So many of us are like that. We're not willing to wait on the Lord to answer our petition. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say to somebody here today is that you've got to be willing to wait on God to do something amazing mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm. Now... The wrong idea in the text is this, that if you get loud enough, long enough, you can finally wear God out and then God will do something to get you to stop pestering. (laughs) That's not the aim of this parable. God is unlike that. Your persistence does not win over his reluctance. The neighbor in the parable got up because he was obligated to honor the code of hospitality. God, however, answers us because he is good. Mm -hmm. The neighbor gave him bread because he didn't want to be put to shame or to bear shame himself. But God gives us bread because he is good. Mm -hmm. The neighbor doesn't want to wake his children or inconvenience them. God sees to it that all of his children's needs are amply supplied because he is good. 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 Listen friends, this is why we pray because verse 9 is true. Ask and it will be given unto you. Seek And you will find Knock Knock Mm. Just keep knocking That's the language of the text Stay at it Mm. Keep knocking And eventually the door will open Mm. And how do we know this? Jesus tells us How many of you are fathers? How about this? uh, Let let me ask How many of y'all are fathers in the room? Mm. Okay Are there any mothers in the room? Raise your hand Okay, good How many of y'all, if your kids ask you for something and you got it, mommy, I'm hungry, daddy, I'm hungry, how many of you go get them exactly what they need? Mm. How many many of y'all do that? Leave leave your hands up, leave leave your hands up. Come on, let's be honest. (laughs) Leave your hands up, okay, good. Now, leave your hands raised if you still cuss or tell the occasional white lie. (laughs) Come on now, yes, thank you for being honest. I'm going somewhere with this, thank you for being honest. How many of y'all will fight for your children? Mm. Somebody mess with... I see more hands up. Just go over. (laughs) (laughs) You you, you won't give to your kid, but you'll fight for your kid. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody mess with your kids. Ooh, Lord. Don't mess with Junior. Better not mess with Junior. Now, leave your hands raised if you're going to fight for your kid. Come Mm. on. Now, how many of y'all with your hands raised still struggle with pride or lust in your heart? I'm about to leave you annoyed. I'm not trying to get all up in your business. This is what Jesus says. If you, being ratchet, will give good gifts to your kids when you need. If you, who still cuss, but will put food on the table. If you, messed up, will still do the right thing. How much more Come you on. can't even compare the goodness of God because God ain't never done nothing wrong Come on. so surely God will give you all that you need Come and on. what is your greatest need. See here what God provides at the end of our text? It's not things or stuff. It's himself. He gives himself. And praise be to God, that is all that you need. He's already given and met your greatest need because the Bible says, for God so loved you that he did what? He gave his only begotten son. Bless his name. He who did not spare his own son, but willingly gave him up for us all. How then will he not also give us?" All good things. Praise be to God. For we serve a good father. Hallelujah.